This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's Off Air with Julie Stewart Binks on the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome to Off Air for Bet Rivers, where we like to find out more about who a person is and what they think off air. I'm Julie Stewart Banks, and today I'm excited to welcome in someone I know very well, host on the Tennis Channel, NFL Network, and my former roommate, Steve Weissman. Steve, thank you so much for joining us here today. I know you're not in New York City where the U.S. Open is going on, but you have a new morning show on the Tennis Channel. Congratulations. What has it been like so far? It's been great. Thank you so much for having me, Julie. Uh, I'm bummed that we're not in Paris. Last time I saw you was in Paris and... (laughs) You know, eating snails, drinking wine, ha- having great meals, wa- watching tennis at, at Roland Garros. It was Garros. wonderful, Steve. All thanks to you, by the way. Steve hooked me up at Roland Garros. That is a good former roommate. <laughs> Couple days, you saw some great matches there. I think you saw Coco Golf, right? I did, yes. Right. Coco Golf and Djokovic one day, which was well, Okay, wild. Well, they're both playing today. So those are big matches going on at the U.S. Open. Um, our show on Tennis Channel, it's a two-hour pregame show for the US Open every single morning from 9 to 11 Eastern, uh, 6 to 8 here out West, and really the only pregame show in the country for uh, the US Open. It's already been a spectacular tournament. There's uh, amazing storylines with Americans like Coco Goff, who's looking for her first major title, has had a spectacular summer so far. You got Francis Tiafo on the men's side, made the semifinals last year. Of course, non-Americans, Novak Djokovic, you brought him up. He's going for his 24th major singles title, uh, which is wild to think about. And, and potentially we'll see him play Carlos Alcaraz again. They've already played it at Roland Garros and Wimbledon, split those matches. So it'd be really cool to maybe see them play in a final at the U.S. Open. We know that it's been 20 years since a um, American man last won a singles title. How would you rank where American singles players are now on the world stage? Really, really well. Um, we have two Americans in the top 10 heading into the U.S. Open for the first time since 2008. So it's been a long time. Last year, we had Francis Tiafo make the semifinals of the U.S. Open. He was the first American man to do that since Andy Roddick in 2006. Um, And there's a great profile, by the way, in GQ magazine on Andy Roddick right now that Sean Manning wrote that I would encourage anybody to to spend 15 minutes and read. I've had the privilege of working with Andy over the past few years at Tennis Channel and just a treasure of a human, um, could not be more kind, generous, amazing on TV. I, I think you worked with him as well. Uh, back in the day at Fox. Oh yeah, but we didn't we didn't talk any tennis when I worked yeah. with him. We were doing digital videos on the buzzer about like the Yankees. I was like, how is Andy Roddick doing this with me right now? He <laughs> sunk pretty low at that point. But of course, obviously, he's a legend. I'm glad that yeah. he is being profiled in GQ as such. <laughs> no, he, he's just a great guy. But I, I think we're in a good spot. We've we've got a, a core group 
of players that have grown up together that are around 24, 25 years old. Taylor Fritz, who's the top-ranked American man in the world right now. Francis Tiafo, Tommy Paul, who's right behind them. I think he's at like 11 in the live rankings right now, depending on what he does at the U.S. Open. Could crack into the top 10 for the first time in his career. Um, you know, Ben Shelton, who's only 20 years old, was winning the NCAA title at Florida last year. And now he's already right around 30 in the world. Uh, big lefty, got all the talent in the world. And then another guy I work with, Chris Eubanks, um, who cracked the top 100 for the first time this year and now is in the top 30, made the quarterfinals at Wimbledon and is just living his moment right now. I mean, he's a little older. He played college tennis at Georgia Tech, kind of was in the, the challenger circuit for years, uh, then started working with us at Tennis Channel and, and blew up this year. And just uh, another guy that I'm so proud of and, um, you know, really cheer on, just a, a great human in general. So um, I, I think we're, we're in a good spot. And I think one of them is eventually going to going to break through, especially considering the fact that Roger Federer is retired. Rafa Nadal is probably not playing that much longer. He's not playing anymore this year, but hopefully he plays next year. And Novak Djokovic, while he still is the number one guy in the world with 23 majors, he's 36. He can't do it forever. So maybe he does it two or three more years. And once all of them are out. Yes, Carlos Alcaraz is amazing, but to me, he's still beatable. And, uh, you know, the big three just were impenetrable back in the day. So, yeah, mm -hmm. it's going to happen. Does it happen at this year's U.S. Open? I would say no. I would love to see it. But, you know, I, I, I pick Novak Djokovic to win this year. Okay, well, we're, I, I love that you're giving me your picks. These are just great. We're Let's get into the guy that he may, you know, go up against who's been sort yeah. of his, now has become sort of the one-two punch with these two, but Carlos Alcaraz, who you mentioned. Uh, he's the defending U.S. Open champ, won Wimbledon. What's maybe unique about Carlos Alcaraz that the casual fan wouldn't pick up? I would say just his energy, um, the, like his his overall demeanor. He loves to smile, and he says that smiling is the thing that 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 you know really helps him on a tennis court. And he finds joy in everything that he does, even if he misses a shot. You know, you, you see that that passion and that that joy in him that you know Francis Tiafoe has as well, but you don't see from every tennis player. And so, um, you know, I've gotten to know him a little bit over the past year and, and seeing his ascent uh, to number one in the world and becoming a major champion. And that's the one thing, you know, that stands out to me is one, his joy for tennis and also the fact that he, you know, really puts everything on the line every single point. He, he has a tattoo with three C's on it. And so this is something that his grandfather instilled in him from a young age. And those three C's are cabeza, your head, Corazon, your heart, and cojones, your onions. And so those are the three things <laughs> that, you know, he needs to, to get through a match. And, and you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's the head that gets you through. Sometimes it's the heart. And then sometimes at the end of the day, how big are your cojones? And, uh, and, right. and he's able to, to really bring all three of those things together in, in such a, a special and joyful and, and unique manner. And it, it's a thrill to watch him play because he's a highlight machine. Um, he's such a fierce competitor as well. And, you know, the, the youngest player ever to get to number one in the world. I mean, enough said, right? 
Right. And, and you saw that fiery passion with him. I think it was at Wimbledon when, when he was playing Djokovic and like, he just had that like, Oh, like that death stare. Like when he would make a shot and I was like, Oh man, I love that. Cause you know, he's just, I mean, he's living, he's living his dream. He's going up against Djokovic and like, it is incredible seeing these two go against one another. Watching Djokovic, you said you think is going to win this tournament. Tell me, like, what's something about Djokovic that, like, would surprise us about even just his personality? Um, he's really funny. Like, he, 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 he loves to have a good time. And, and a lot of times, you know, he, he's not as, as buttoned up as maybe, although Roger Federer is, is fun as well. And, but I, I don't know that you saw that side of him as much or, or Rafa Nadal, that side of him. But, um, you know, Novak, to me, th those three guys in general, but getting to spend time with Novak is just a one of one human. There's, you know, there's nobody else like him. He's a, he's a pure genius in the sense of the word of being able to accomplish things that nobody else on the planet can do. And so I truly appreciate and, and find it such a, an honor to get to, to learn from somebody like that. So anytime I'm, I'm, you know, privileged enough to have an interview with him, I want to gain some sort of knowledge, like what separates you from everybody else and makes you, you know, the greatest of all time statistically. Um, and, and I think it's his mindset, his dedication, his, you know, just a complete and full um, buy-in to the craft, you know, whether that's the, the diet that he has, whether that's the way he trains, um, and that, you know, kind of laying everything on the line, like Carlos Alcaraz, but, but Djokovic, man, you, you watch him play, and he is never out of a point, he is never out of a Never. And he, it looked like in that final against Cincinnati that he was going to be the one physically that couldn't take it. And then at the end, it was Alcaraz that started cramping, um, He's inspiring. I, I get inspired by the guy. Um, I know. I know he doesn't have the same sort of fan base that that Roger and Rafa has. But I mean, even at the U.S. Open, he's doing impersonations of of other players during a practice. They always have this players party at the Monte Carlo Masters, and so and they and they always have kind of a, a skit where the, the players come up and and do stuff. And so I, I work with Prakash Amitraj, who's amazing. And so Prakash hosted this event in Monte Carlo and Prakash and Novak were doing like Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre and literally performing on set in front Whoa. of everybody. The video has not been released. I have it on my phone. And Novak oh my God. is amazing. Like it's hilarious. Okay. Who is, is Novak Snoop Dogg or Dr. Dre? Uh, Novak was, was D-O-double-G. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I, okay. Well, so this is like a teaser for this video potentially going out someday, but I, I don't think Prakash wants it to be out. In fact, I think Novak would like to see it make the light. <laughs> Novak would like the, this. He's like, this would help me actually if we, if we put this out there. <laughs> it's, um, it's hilarious. And that, that's what I say. Like people don't see, like, he's just a funny, fun guy, you know, like, uh, Dude, like, but you know, here, I'll tell you one story that, that I think separates him from, from everybody else. And this was at Roland Garros and after he won the title there. So this is his, you know, 23rd major title. He breaks the record on the men's side. He's in, he, uh, he does all his press on the court. He does all his press off the court. So it takes a while before somebody comes to our set. And it didn't rain, Julie, for 15 days that uh, we were in Paris. Once that match ended, an hour after the match, it was a monsoon. Like it was just rain. Like, so John Wertheim and I are 
on our set, which is not really protected from the elements, although, you know, we have like a plastic covering around it. And we're kind of worried because like thunder and lightning, it's, it's crazy, like coming down in buckets. So Novak still comes to our set to do an interview like three hours after the match with no, you know, entourage or anything, no umbrella. He just like comes, it's pouring rain. He walks through the rain. It's, it's a far ways to get from the media press to, to our set. And he was just happy to be there, spent like 15 minutes with us. It was one of the best interviews uh, I think we've ever done with him. He was so insightful and open and honest. And, and that, to me, I was like, so much respect forever. The fact that you would do that. He, he could have been like, listen, I got y'all at Wimbledon. I'll see you there. You know, I'm, I'm gonna go have dinner and, and celebrate with my family. But for him to come through a monsoon to our set and, and talk to us, that uh, I'll never forget that. Well, that speaks a lot to his character because I know that has been something that people have questioned over the years and kind of been, you know, a little off kilter with different, uh, you know, things he said or moves he's made as opposed to if you compared him to Federer, Nadal, all those um, big guys. Who would you want to play tennis with if you had the chance? Andre Agassi. Yeah. So, Ooh, so Agassi, Agassi was my favorite player growing up, you know, a huge fan. Um, and that, uh, so he follows me on Twitter and Instagram, but I don't, I don't cool. know Andre. Like I, it, I'm always like, he's the guy that I'll check and I'll be like, Hmm, like he doesn't follow a lot of people, like maybe 200. So I'm like, is he still following me? And I'm like, Oh, he does. Like, yes. Um, like, Ooh, okay. Every day, just like Andre Agassi, are you still following me? <laughs> okay. All right. I can live another day. <laughs> but I would, I would love to hit with Andre. I mean, that, that'd be super cool. Uh, but you know, we're, let's we're put it talk. out there. We should yeah. tag Andre Agassi. Andre Agassi, you should play tennis with Steve Weissman because one thing I know about Steve is he loves tennis. Like I, <laughs> uh, as we mentioned, Steve was my roommate for two years. I have never seen anyone love tennis more than Steve. Tennis was on TV all the time. Steve, why, <laughs> how, where, when are you so obsessed with tennis? Uh, I mean, I love all sports, but yeah, tennis has been a, a passion. I, I'm just super grateful to the sport, to be honest. Like I've played since I was eight years old. Um, you know, I, I was pretty decent as a junior. I played number one singles in high school, my junior and senior year. And it's given me so much, Julie. Like I, I wouldn't mm -hmm. be where I am today without the sport. Um, the friendships that I've built, the relationships that I've been able to to make um, just, you know, the jobs that, that I'm able to have. Um, you know, you wouldn't be able to go to Roland Garros if tennis wasn't, you know, a big Honestly, part of my life. True. <laughs> if Steve wasn't obsessed with tennis, I would not have been drinking Moe, watching right? Coco Gauff and Novak Djokovic <laughs> in Paris. But it's just, it's special. I, it's true. I make the analogy all the time, but it's a family. It's like this little group of, of people that, I don't know, from, you know, Hall of Famers to current players to, you know, people that like celebrities that just like the sport, you know, they're there. It, it's everybody is, is really a close knit group. And, you know, I just I wouldn't be where I am without tennis. So um, it's it's awesome. I want to ask you, um, just going back to uh, the U.S. Open, your, I guess, former coworker, Carolyn Wozniacki, yeah. making a return, comes out of retirement, won her first match, and she 
by the way, when we were in Paris, I remember we were having dinner and yeah. she was like walking along the street and With I remember you were like, yeah. I was like, oh my God, that's scary. That was yucky. And then um, I would not, I would have been like not known what to say if, if I'd actually met her. But the fact that like maybe a couple days after that, she announces that she's coming back to play. Um, what did you learn about her while working with her that maybe you otherwise wouldn't have known? She's just a really sweet person, like really cool human. I, I didn't know her that well. I think I actually, when I was at ESPN, she was on first take. But this was before it was Embrace Debate, and um, it, it was like more of a regular show with guests and stuff like that. And I, because I was such a tennis, you know, person, they let me interview Savant. her. Mm -hmm. um, so I, you know, I hadn't had a ton of interactions. And then when she was in Charleston, um, I interviewed her a, a few times. But just like with any other player that then comes into the broadcast booth, you just get to know them more as a person. And, you know, she couldn't be cooler, sweeter. David Lee's amazing, like such a cool guy. Um, so the two of them together are just like really kind, kind people. Um, and I'm so happy for her that, you know, this is what she wanted to do and trained really hard and is now back and, and winning. And she's still, you know, I think is young and, and has the ability to, to go out there and win majors, win tournaments. I mean, she's a Hall of Famer before she left the game and can only add to that right. now. I mean, there's 10 moms, Julie, playing in the U.S. Open this year, which Whoa. is so cool. What? Um, Taylor Townsend's, you know, one of them, and, and Caro as well, and Alina Spitalina, who I just have to, like, superhuman. I don't think it gets talked about enough. So she had a baby last October. So over less than oh a year my. ago, had a baby, returned in Charleston, since Charleston, so within four months, is back to with no ranking, is now back to 25 in the world, won a tournament, got to the quarterfinals at Roland Garros, got to the semifinals at Wimbledon. It's just super, superhuman to me. Before we move on to a little kind of game I want to play, um, obviously, in your opinion, who is the greatest men's and women's tennis players of all time? Oh, you're going to do that to me. Um, of course. <laughs> I'm going to, so I always say for, for both, and this is my pick for both, Martina Navratilova. She is my, my all-time GOAT. I, I, once again, another person I get the privilege to work with, spend time with a lot, which I, I never take for granted. Martina is amazing on so many levels, is an absolute rock star, yet just a super down-to-earth, cool, you know, person that you can go to dinner with and talk about anything with and, um, you know, like walks around, like probably the, the biggest star that I've probably ever, I think, worked with. I, you know, I put her up against anybody with what she, you know, accomplished on and off the court. Um, the 59 majors don't lie. Doing it over four decades. The fact that, yeah. you know, she doesn't have the most singles titles, it's because she didn't play Australia a ton and things were, were different back in the day. Um, but she revolutionized the game. I mean, that yeah, Martina's my goat. And is that kind of hard because, you know, people will say Serena Williams is the goat, but because they were in different, it's like Sanguine Gretzky versus like Sidney Crosby. It's like they're in two different generations. Totally. Um, you know, goat's subjective. So there's, there's a statistical goat. And so Novak Djokovic <laughs> is the statistical goat on the men's side. Uh, on the women's side, Serena Williams is the statistical GOAT. 
Um, but then there's also legacy that's involved. And so with legacy comes, I don't know, more, more of an emotional response. And so some people mm. like Roger Federer makes me feel a certain way, the way he effortlessly right. did that. And for other people, it's like, well, Rafa's competitiveness makes me feel a certain way. He's my goat. Um, you know, I'm not going to argue with anyone who says Serena's the goat for sure. She is a goat. No doubt. Um, <laughs> Roger, Rafa, they're goats. Novak's a goat. Uh, there's a lot of goats out there in no, tennis. They're like on the mountain, right? They're like, they're, 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 they're yeah. that's what they do. They climb mountains and they don't fall and there's plenty of them. And they normally, I don't know if it's a pack of goats or a herd. Is it a herd of goats? Probably. Um, um okay. So I want to play this game called just, I mean, whatever your doubles partner. Okay. okay. So which current or retired. So I'm going to say like a, thing like and you tell me which current or retired tennis player you would want as your doubles partner in okay. this certain situation okay? okay so um who would you want to be there if you were in an emergency andy roddick uh because he like i tell this to a lot of people he is the best texture backer of really anybody i know and that like close friends and, and like andy's my friend but we're not you know like i don't know him that well and the fact that he is who he is and like gets right back to me no matter what, I feel like if I was in an emergency, he's like 911 and Andy would, would take care of it. All right, next up. Okay, um, who would you want to have a crazy night out with? Crazy night out, Francis Tiafo. Francis Tiafo is pure joy and energy and good times. Um, I, I know I'm, I'm gonna have a good time if I'm with foe. Um, I, I've hung out with foe before and we've done barbecues in the South Bay and, um, you just, yeah, and he's gonna, he's gonna bring it. He's, you, you know, that he's gonna be up for a good time. He's gonna want you to have a good time with him as well. Um, yeah, definitely big foe. Who would you want to be on TV with you as a player? Oh God. Who'd be a good analyst. That, that hasn't done it before or? Yeah. Yeah. Who hasn't done it before? Who hasn't done it before? Um, I'm going to go with Roger Federer. I, I think, I mean, every Roger is so dialed into tennis and like he still watches even though he's retired and he has a really quick wit and obviously he's one of the goats, you know, mm -hmm. maybe the goat, not whatever. But yeah, I'd, I'd love to work with Roger and, and have him be an analyst. That would be fantastic. Okay, so who would you want to house sit your place? House sit my place. Um, that's a great question. I don't. I mean, I don't know the cleanliness of like the to trust. Yeah, yeah. Someone who's going to keep it clean, not have like a party. Uh, I mean, I definitely trust Chris Eubanks. Chris Eubanks is he is buttoned up. He uh, so two years ago for my birthday. This is. This was in April, and he was doing one of his first stints as a analyst commentator with Tennis Channel. And so I went out to dinner with him and Chanda Rubin, who is amazing and I work with all the time, um, and Aaron Coscarelli, who I worked with at NFL Network, um, and actually work with now at Tennis Channel. And so we all go to the nice guy in, in West Hollywood, and you know, Eubanks literally, this is before he's a top 100 player, this is before he's you know, a Wimbledon quarterfinalist and he like went and, and snuck away and like got the bill for everybody and paid it. 
And it's like, he's not making a ton of money, just like a super generous, awesome guy that I would, I would trust with my place. And as you know, like I'm pretty type A and I like things to be a certain way and in a certain place or whatever. Yeah. He would yep. not mess yep. anything up mm-hmm. and keep everything the right way. And um, yeah, I, I, I trust big banks. Who would you want to be best friends with? That I'm not friends with right yeah, now? Yeah, that you're not already currently best friends with. Um, I think it'd be cool to be best friends with Serena. I think that'd be, yeah. that'd be fun, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it'd be super fun. <laughs> she, like what she does on social media. Like, I, I don't know Serena, but she seems super cool. Um, and, and also like just has this personality of, like having a good time and and joking around and being sarcastic but also being a goat and you know um yeah i think i think i'd like to to be besties with with serena williams be great to be your plus one because i mean she has like a network that goes beyond like anyone right like she is you know transcend sports okay last one uh, who would you like to trade places with that is currently playing tennis right now? Trade places with that is currently playing tennis right now. Um, I'm going to go Tommy Paul. Tommy Paul does not get enough love for like how cool he is. Um, he's just, he, I, I think he's got it all. He, he's, he's an amazing athlete. Um, like I said, on the verge of being in the top 10, uh, certainly has, the ability to, to win a major off court, just kicks it with superstars, um, dates really cool people. Yeah, uh, I, I think he's, I don't know if he's still dating her, but I follow her on uh, TikTok, Paige Lorenz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Still together. I was following her before I knew about uh, Tommy Paul. And then right? I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he just, I think he just lives a really cool life and has has gotten you know buttoned up on the court and more professional and but i think it'd be a a fun life to live as a tp okay i love that um and before we let you go what's one what's like one story in tennis maybe that's like kind of underreported like that we might not necessarily know as a casual viewer casual fan that you think is that's important or has gotten your attention? So one, one story that I, I still think is underreported and is one of the most remarkable stories of all time is Petra Kvitova, who um, I think it was 2016, but I, I don't quote me on that, uh, was attacked in her home and had her like left fingers severed and uh, cut by this, this man that invaded her house and was told she'd never be able to play tennis again, never hold a racket again, um, went through hours and hours of surgery and is now, you know, obviously back in, and in 2019 made the final of the Australian open told me that even making the final of the Australian open after all that was more meaningful to her than when she won Wimbledon, you know, in the past. And so, um, Mm -hmm. when any athlete goes through something that traumatizing, and is told by many doctors that they cannot do something. And then literally, she's a left-handed player and this was her left hand that you know wow. was mangled. And for her to be able to come back and reach the top level of the game, I still think that's one of the most remarkable stories in sports. 
Steve, it was really great to talk with you. Thanks so much for giving us your time. We really appreciate it. Love, love, love your passion for tennis. And it, guys, if you don't follow Steve, go follow him because Andre Agassi follows him, okay? And we're going to get Steve playing tennis with Andre Agassi. That is now a mission for the show. And also, you can catch him on the Tennis Channel, 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern, all through the U.S. Open and as well as on NFL Network because he also does football, but we are full-on tennis at this moment right now. Steve, thank you so much. We really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much for having me. It is always good to see you, JSB, and hopefully get to connect in person again. Uh, Paris was amazing. And uh, once again, congratulations on the new show and uh, happy to be back anytime. Guys, make sure that you follow Off Air uh, for Bet Rivers and everything on the Bet Rivers channel on YouTube and wherever you get your pods. And please like it too. Like, like it because it is good. And also, we appreciate the likes and subscriptions. I'm Julie Stewart Binks. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you next time when the red light is off. Thanks for listening to Off Air with the Julie Stewart Binks on the Bet Rivers Network.